Sundays at 10.30 a.m. for a life-changing, powerful message with Pastor King Rose. Also, you can always purchase the CD after the service.
your name. This morning we acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. There's no God like our God in the face of this earth, in the heaven or in the earth. And so we salute him. We hail him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. Hail Jesus, you're my King. Give him praise one more time. 
Well, it's that time once again for our weekly tithes and offering. To all of our guests, there is no pressure on you to have to participate, but if you desire to support our ministry, it will be greatly appreciated. Well, the scripture says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 7 and 8, and here we find the purpose on why we give. It says, so let each one give as they purpose in their heart, not grudgingly, nor of necessity, for God loves that you're forgiven. So even, even the tithe and the offering should come from this place, a purposeful uh, offering, a, pur a purposeful giving, uh, not something of grudgingness or of necessity. And then it says that when we give this way out of uh, purpose, out of honor, out of thankfulness, out of that kind of a heart, God gives us spiritual promises that he is able to make all grace abound towards us, that we have all sufficiency, having no need to require aid, or we're able to perform and do all the good works that we desire to do for God or that God wills for our life because of his sufficiency flowing to, uh, through our lives. And the Bible also teaches that first there's the natural, then, then there's the spiritual. And that's the faith life all the way. That we are, in one sense, a natural people. We have a spirit and a soul, and we live in this body. So the things that we do, on the many cases, first come from this natural place. And so when, when it says that things are first natural and then spiritual, there must be a an, an natural act on our part uh, that we do what we can do, and God does what we cannot do. So faith starts out that way. There must be that natural act of our faith and God does what we cannot do. This is what giving is all about. Giving in one sense practically is a natural thing that we're doing but then there's this spiritual implication. There's that practical but then there's the spiritual. So thank God for all of you who do support the ministry. And so at this time let's pray together as we offer our gifts. Heavenly Father, we just thank you right now and we worship you as we bring the tithes and offering. We thank you for the many promises that you have and that you have given your people uh, in your word that which you have spoken. We thank you for the windows of heaven open, your blessings being poured out upon us. You helping us overcome, Lord, all the wiles of the, of, of the enemy, that you raise up a standard against him and that everything is working together for our good according to your purpose and promise because Lord we love you and we thank you for helping us we thank you for helping us with our needs in Jesus name Amen His church family in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Thank you for tuning in this morning and thank God for technology that we can still connect and keep things moving forward. And as you know, uh, some of you may not know that, uh, well, today the school is um, closed down for on hiatus 
and uh, we, we were blessed and, and fortunate that we are going to be moving into a new facility, facility but fortunately it's not ready yet, and so it's definitely uh, not, it's not on, it's, it's running a little behind. We actually wanted to be in there a month ago, but uh, you, uh, some, if you understand how these things go sometime, <clears throat> sometimes, sometimes, uh, you know, uh, things get delayed. But before we move forward, if you have not given your tithes and offering already, please do so. You see the, uh, there's a screen that's up right now, uh, uh, just for those that may be coming on late or have not uh, figured out how to do that. So whatever you were going to normally give, if we're physically to, together today, uh, you want to make sure you go ahead and do that uh, because uh, it is your tithes and offering, you know, that, that helps the church keep things moving forward practically. And then there's the spiritual uh, things that follow after that. So make sure that if you have not do, uh, done that today, uh, go online and you can either go online and click on the giving link or if you're in the player you can uh, actually click on the don donation link and that should work for you there too. So it's good to see all of you and trust that <clears throat> you all had a wonderful Christmas and here we are again at the end of the year already and this year is already over with and and, and this, and for the most part, I think it was a good year. You know, there's a lot of good things uh, that's happened for me and my family and the church, and I'm trusting that the same was for, for you. Well, if you have your Bibles, why don't you go ahead and grab your Bibles, as it, it is our custom. Uh, we, we, we get our Bibles together, and we make a good confession together. And uh, I want you to all out there, just as you got your Bibles, whether, whether you're looking at it on your phone, and also if you're in the player, you can actually pull up uh, the Bible there uh, and take notes there inside the player uh, there as well. Come on, repeat after me and say, I believe the word of God. <clears throat> Come on, say it again. Say, I believe the word of God. Because if you don't believe that this is the word of God, then what's the point? <laughs> that means anything I'm going to say, you're going to question and so on and so forth. And that's why I, I encourage people to have their Bibles Whenever uh, someone is standing or declaring something that they're saying is of God, uh, that they are saying that it's God's word, you can go right there and follow along to see if it's there in Scripture. And then it's not just this, that saying that they're in Scripture, but it must be interpreted or communicated, communicated in the, the right context. So say with me one more time. Say, I believe the word of God, and it is changing my life. Well, I want you to open your Bibles up to the book of James. I think this will be fit, fitting for me to recap uh, what I've been teaching over the last few weeks. I've been talking about the subject of faith, not just faith, but a faith that pleases God. Now, I, I do recommend and believe that, because faith is, the, is part of the essential doctrine of the Christian faith of the believer. And so every church should cycle back th to this subject and build up the believer on, to remind the believer of the essence of faith because that's, it's, what, it's part of what everything is built upon. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And then as a, a believer in the time that we're living in, there's a lot of uh, talking. There's a lot of uh, words being spewed out, uh, pompous words, um, violent words. <laughs> you know, there's some blessing <laughs> words. But this is, this is an era today where a great deal of arrogance, you can't turn on your television today without listening to the arrogance and the lies and the untruth is almost becoming like it's a norm just to spin something and to lie. Well, as a believer and ambassador of Christ, you got to guard your heart from all that. You, you, you can't allow 
what's going on in the world today or allow ourselves to become so natural minded that our faith be, becomes useless or becomes non-productive because the Bible is very clear about the kind of faith that pleases God. And so if you're not careful, you can find yourself, you know, being a Christian, you know, going to church, living out your Christian life where your faith becomes non-productive. It becomes very natural. But anything that we receive from the Lord is beyond natural, it's supernatural, it's spiritual. And so in this teaching, <clears throat> I'm really addressing, and it's a, it's a reminder, a refresher, it's a building up, and, and, it's, and it's revelatory. It's not the typical, you know, just whenever, you know, I teach, it's not trying to be typical, but to, as a building block to build upon maybe things you already know and things you maybe have not known, and to also to exhort you. Maybe you've gotten off track and something to infuse in you to make sure that, you know, as you're ending this year, going into another year, that your faith is alive and well and growing, because our faith should always be growing. Now, we're going to start here in James <clears throat> chapter 2 and verse 14. James chapter 2 and verse 14. It says, what does it profit, my brethren, my sister, and if someone says they have faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? And this is uh, one of those subjects up that's constantly debated, faith and works, faith and works. You know, is it, is it works, is it faith? Well, let's see. Let's, let's see if we can uh, get a, a greater understanding of what these verses are talking about because faith is essential. Without faith, we, uh, says a person cannot please God without faith. It says that we ought to walk and live by faith. Now, if the Bible is saying that over and over to us, the just shall live by faith, it would behoove us that that is exactly what we're doing day in and day out, year after year, that we are really living by faith. So if a brother or sister is naked and destitute, this is verse 15 of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warm, be filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Now, are you getting it a little bit there? Are you catching uh, now that revelation is coming alive in your heart, that understanding that it's, it's connecting the dots of someone giving just a mere word of comfort but no actions following up, no works coming behind, backing up what they're saying. Verse 17, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But in verse 18, but someone will say, you have faith. Look, someone will say, like today, in our modern time, a lot of people are saying they have faith their own way. I serve God my own way. You know, I have my own version of Christianity. Or I have my own version of belief. Well, you can have whatever belief, someone can have whatever belief they, will, they like, but there's only one type of walk when it comes to the true and living God, Christ himself, or that faith walk. And then it also says that, uh, again, verse 18, but someone will say, I want you to see, see the pattern. Are you following the pattern there? <clears throat> it's, uh, you seeing that word saying, just mere talking coming up? Because nothing wrong with talking. There's nothing wrong with having a, a good confession and saying something. But see, uh, but just mere talking, is, is that sufficient enough? So it says, thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. That's verse 17. But 18 said, but someone would say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. And then verse 19 says, you believe that there is one God? You do well. Even it says demons believe and tremble. So, so again, we see that constant theme now 
building up here that faith in essence is more than just saying something. It's also part of doing something that what I'm saying got to match up what I'm doing. I can't you know, like the, the parabolical analogy that it gave there about telling someone to be blessed and be warm. And then I move on nothing to back that up, especially when it's in my power to do something about it. As I might as well not even say anything. And then verse 20, it says, but do you, do you want to know, O foolish man or foolish woman or foolish person that faith without works is dead? Say, say faith without works is dead. See, so it, there's two keys that I started to build on when I, when I began to introduce this this year to the congregation. And first of all, the first key was going back and if you look up at verse 14 and, and we start there, you want to look at what he says versus what he did not say. Now, what he did not say was, what does it profit though a man has faith? Because if he said it that way, in essence, he would be saying someone can have faith and not be saved. That's not what he said. What he did say, rather, was what does, it said, what does it profit if someone says they have faith or he or she has faith? And that's the difference. The meaning changes drastically from just changing the way I said it. So sometimes I think when people read this, maybe subconsciously, they're processing it as it's saying, what does it profit though a person has faith? Because you can't, if you really have faith in, in Christ Jesus, in our Lord Jesus Christ, then you truly are saved. If you really have that kind of faith. So he's not saying, and let me just go back again and say it, and say it again, slow it down. He is not saying what, it didn't say, what does it profit though a man has faith? It's saying what does it profit if someone says? That's the key thing of this theme about authentic faith here, a faith that pleases God. If someone says they have faith. In other words, the question comes down to the person who truly has faith, that if they're saying that they have faith, then obviously it's, it's evident in their life because there's it's it's no such thing as someone having a faith in God and then not being saved. So that's the first key there, understanding what he's actually saying and seeing in context. It is talking about someone who is saying that they have faith. Now, the second key thing to help us understand these passages of, of Scripture, and we're going to talk about these two keys and, and just kind of walk them out in verse 14, is when it says, can faith save him? And that verse right there. Well, and, and, tra and tra translation, and even in some other uh, 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 verses of uh, translation of the Bible, putting in the various English vernacular, it says it this way, can that faith save him? What, what faith is that? That kind of faith that just says something. See, that's the context. Remember the rule of interpretation? That whenever you read the Bible uh, and, and read verses, you must, you must keep it in the context that you're reading it. The scripture was originally written. It wasn't written, um, you know, this was kind of designed in the Bible for our for our, our help in learning to put it in chapter and verses and thank God for the organization of that or else we'll be going, let's go to line 1,559. But see, now that we have chapter and verse, so sometimes people will cut off at the chapter, okay, this chapter in, they think the, the theme is ending. So the rule is to keep it in context. So in context, it's talking about a sane, I like to say it this way, a say-so type of faith. 
It's a say-so type of faith, but has nothing else but other than what it says. And this is what it's addressing. It's saying, can that kind of faith save a person? Well, according to Scripture, no, because faith without works is not just a saying. That's the theme here. That's the context. It's a faith that is producing something. So the principle here is that faith is not just speaking and thinking, uh, but, it had, but it must have a corresponding actions or else it's useless. So a lot of times people may have a mental assent. They got a thought of faith, you know, <laughs> you know, just a thought or a word. Now, having the thoughts are good. Having the confession, just the words are good. But that's faith alone is not just saying something or thinking something. And this is what we're building upon our, 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 our faith walk, because the Bible says the just shall live by faith. Not the just shall live by just saying they have faith or just thinking they have faith. We're dealing with a generation today that's just a lot of talking. It's a lot of profession of maybe some, many are losing uh, you know, their faith towards God. I mean, this is, this is a very increasing anti-Christ time. Uh, we're, we're witnessing around the world, even in places overseas, uh, in places like China where they're they're forbidding, you know, churches to put crosses out. They're, uh, uh, they're giving people ultimatums uh, to announce Christ and et cetera. There's a lot of stuff going on, not just in China, but in many places in the world that's not even being reported on what we call our, our news today. So this is a time, as the scripture says, that in, in the last days, persecution will increase. These are perilous times. And if you've been paying attention in tune spiritually, even in our nation, the stage is being set uh, for even I, I even talked about this a few years ago that uh, that we're in this country we're coming to a time where the persecution of Christians will will increase and for us we have not yet experienced here in America the kind of persecution that right now many of our brothers and sisters are facing death for their faith uh, and we have not in this country many of us have have not come to that type of level of persecution. But see, what we're seeing even more so, uh, you know, our time in this nation is coming. And um, Lord Jesus, Lord, we say, Lord Jesus, come, come, Lord Jesus, come. But uh, what we're seeing, how we're seeing the enemy work in our country is through policies, through laws, through our leaders, uh, and making anti-Christ type of policies and uh, making it more difficult and out make, making it a crime to, you know, even preach the, the, the Bible. Um, I even heard that what was happening in California, they were trying to pass some kind of resolution that would make it a crime to say that, you know, uh, homosexuals, that if we stood and taught home, that marriage is between a man and woman in the Bible, it would be illegal. See, that's where we're seeing the, the persecution increase, the attack on gender, where, um, you know, where they're, they're trying to make gender irrelevant, where we know that in the beginning, God made them male and female. So all of these, these subtle attacks, all these things that are happening, the things we're dealing with in our daily lives is all designed to come to steal your faith, to make you just natural minded, to make you so consume what's going on in the world where, where we, we lose track of the essence of living and walking by faith. There's only a, a certain kind of faith that pleases God. And that's the theme. He said, can that faith save you? What is that faith? That just that say so kind of faith or just thinking it. So that's the principle here that we're building upon, that faith is not just speaking and thinking. It's, it must have a corresponding action or else it's useless. And so then one of the principles I put it out here, and I, I talked about how faith is always accountable. That faith is an, uh, accountable. You show me 
And I'm a person who's not accountable in their life. I can show you a faithless person because faith is always account. It accounts for its ability. What's this ability? The word of God. It's accountable to what God has said. And so and that's, that's a, you can link that, 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 that principle to that, that you put that combination together, hearing and not just hearing, but thinking and speaking and acting, see, encompass the lifestyle of faith. Faith cometh by hearing, see, it says. Hearing by the word of God is not having heard. You know, I, I, heard, I heard that before. I heard that Bible verse before. No, faith cometh by hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing infinity, you know, just continually hearing till faith erupts in the life of the believer. It changes their life and they live by that. It comes out as the is the word living in them as an ambassador of Christ. Know you not that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit, it says. And that, the, that, you know, Christ in us, the hope of, of, hope of glory. So it's, it's coming out where it erupts. It changes your life where, where the word is, is righteousness and holiness and godliness. And it comes out. And this has nothing about, well, being too religious and being a fundamentalist. No, this is the essence of the Christian life. So you got to watch out for those subtle processes of thought by the enemy that's running rapid a lot in American church. The westernized society here that's becoming the, the, the Christian church today on the whole has becoming more and more modern. You know, I'm, you know, I'm a modern guy. I like technology and things like that. I like, you know, a lot of the good things that happen today, but at the same time, we got to remember to guard our hearts with all diligence. We can't, we can't allow our, our, uh, that which is spiritual to reduce it down to something that's natural because the Bible is very clear. And we'll look at some of these verses, the, how the things that are enemy to us living by faith. The carnal mind is one of them. So, uh, so uh, faith is always accountable. It is, uh, faith must be seen. It's, it's something that must be seen, according to these verses, that, it, that it's not hidden. It's something that has a, a work. So it has to, it's something that's seen. That word work in the Greek is also the word for labor. And, or it also has the connotation of the root in toil. So if there's any toil in the believer's life, it should be the work or the toil in living by the word of God, even in the face of persecution, because it's going to take some work to walk with God today, especially when the opposition grows, especially when, uh, you know, as, as you know, uh, as time goes on or when challenges arise. So it takes a work. It's not just sitting back and says, you know, I'm saved. Well, praise God that I'm saved. Well, then you got to live, say, <laughs> you see, they got to be some, you got to be a lifestyle to back that up. And that's what it's talking about there. Not just having a word or thought, but a lifestyle. So faith uh, is responsible. You know, it's, it's explicable. It's answerable. And we'll t- I'll give you three, the definition of those three words here in just a second. So faith, not only is faith uh, not hidden, but it also must produce according to these verses. Faith is something that produces it is it's, it's manifesting something. So there should be a, a godly, righteous, holy produce that's happening in my life. So it's not just about me dressing up on Sunday and looking a certain part because you can go to across America and go to many different church services and you're going to see a variance of different things, you know, different colors on the wall, different, different ways that they may their decor, maybe different functions. But we, we should all, we should, I said, be standing on the foundation of Christ. And that's, that's what separates the professing believer from the other. 
is one truly standing on, you know, the, the foundation of Christ. That's what makes you my brother and sister in Christ. When we, when we have the kind of faith that's responding and accountable to Christ himself, to the word of God, to the Holy Spirit who comes and who the Bible says is the, is our greatest gift that the Lord has given every believer. If you, if you're his, that promise of the father, the spirit of God that dwells in us, the spirit of God that, you know, uh, encamps around about us, the spirit of God that overshadows us, the, the comforter whom the Lord said himself will lead us and guide us into all that is true, who, will, who would show us things to come. See, see that's, the, that's, that's my brother and sister in Christ. See, uh, and, and, and that's what faith, see faith, the, when it says we live by this faith, the just does. It's accountable to the Most High. Now I said that faith in, in that, that word accountable, meaning uh, it's responsible. To be accountable means to be responsible, explicable, answerable. Now the word responsible means liable, to be called upon, to answer for one's acts or decisions. So when someone is accountable, they are liable to be called upon to answer for one acts or decisions. Now, the word answerable, also uh, responsible, means to be trustworthy. Uh, the word answerable means able to fulfill one's obligation. So that word accountable not only means to be responsible, but also means to be answerable. They're, 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 they're responsible. They're trustworthy. They're able to fulfill one's obligation. They're not just, it's not just a person saying one thing, but never follow through, follows through. And then thirdly, Accountable means to explicable, uh, means un, un, someone, something that is understood, but understood spiritually, not carnally. See, they're, they're explicable. You know, they're able to be clearly explained in a spiritual sense, not a carnal sense. See, faith is accountable. It's, it's, it's explicable. It's understood, um, uh, not from a carnal sense, but from, a, but from the spiritual sense, the, the mind of Christ sense. Come on, somebody say amen. Am I right about it? So again, uh, we, I, I mentioned how we have these enemies of faith, things that keeps us from living this just life. As the Bible says, the just should live by faith. And so when we talk about faith being accountable, especially that last one, able to be understood spiritually, not carnally, you can't live this faith life out just totally being natural minded. And see, now, the only thing that's natural, if you want to say, <laughs> about the, the things of God is us <laughs> striving into it. You know, so there's that element of the naturalness where we're learning how to be the people that God has ordained us to be, the ambassadors of Christ. So here we are. We, we originally were made in the image and likeness of God. And that means that the, the, the us, the real us, was not, in essence, the outer house. It was that, that image and likeness, the spirit, the, the, the life in us, the life of Christ, that a person, a man, a woman is a spirit. They have a soul and they live in this body. And then, you know, man fell into darkness in his disobedience, in his, his lack of accountability to God's word in the beginning. He allowed uh, the word of unbelief, the word of, of, of rejection, the word of darkness. He, they embraced that versus the word of life and then therefore lost their faith. And then it became difficult then from them from that point. They fell into the lower nature. So, so when we're talking about walking by faith, we're talking about walking in the light. It's a, a newness of life, being born again now. It's a life we have to learn daily. 
to walk in this light now, not in the darkness any longer. So one of the greatest enemies of our faith in pleasing God is the carnality of man, the natural mindedness that can get in the way. The way. And the Bible talks, gives us verses how, talks about how the carnal nature of, 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 of us <laughs> is enemy against God and we got to do something about it. Uh, being crucified with Christ and learning how to walk in the spirit. And we're going to look at a few verses of, uh, in reference to this. See that, so we got to learn how to walk according to not just our rationale when we talk about it. Now, I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8, verse 5, since we laid some foundations out of what we're building upon in James there, uh, in James chapter 2. We're going to go over here to Romans 8 and verse 5. And so, again, I may say some things that may, may be a little strong for you and may rattle your intellect and your reasoning a little bit, but you can go back to the Bible and say, check out what I'm saying. Yes, yeah, right there in the Bible. I hear you, preacher. It's not something I'm, I'm just throwing out here because, well, maybe that's, that's just what I think and what I believe. Well, so you can go back and check it out for yourself. So in Romans 8 and 5, and here, we're, again, we're, we're talking about how the carnality is, is a big enemy here, the flesh. What is the flesh? And we talk about a lot of, uh, uh, today about the flesh. In some places nowadays, some churches don't even want to hear about the flesh. Well, don't, don't tell me about my flesh. But well, we got to talk about the flesh because the Bible talks about it. And that if you're not careful, that you can allow your, all of our flesh is weak. The Bible talks about all of our flesh. doesn't matter. Um, what status you sit in life today or what status you sit in the church world today, all of us have weak flesh. And it's our flesh, first and foremost, becomes a great threat or enemy to our faith. You know, and, and that's what the devil tries to work through, our flesh, to steal our faith. Now, when it says in Romans 8, verse 5, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. This is Romans 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set, set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Now, there's, there's a point I bring out here where when we talk about the, the flesh or the things of the, uh, the, the carnal mind, the, the flesh arena is the things that we see, hear, touch, smell, feel, you know, that's that natural sensing of ourselves, the, the, nat, the natural nature, you know, the, where the passions and the hearing, the touching, the smell, uh, and so on and so forth. And that also attributes to our rationale and, 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 and our intellect if we're not careful. See, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide our intellect and our, and our rationale because if we're not careful, see, that, that's how the enemy operates, with a whisper or with a word he can set you down on a destructive course just like that. How do we know that? Well, go read the book of Genesis <laughs> in the early part and see what he did to Eve. He didn't grab Eve by the neck or, you know, he didn't come in, you know, beating his chest and says, I am the thunderous serpent devil who's coming to take you down. No, he came in like a little slithering, you know, smooth, you know, uh, serpent and just said a word. God has not said just a word. And it brought the whole thing down. See, if you're not careful and you don't let the Holy Spirit rule your intellect and your rationale, just with a word, you can start thinking the wrong thing. And here you are now starting to think already contrary to what God has said. Remember what part of what faith is? It's accountable to what God says. It's accountable to his word. That's why faith comes by here. You got to constantly be feeding 
your faith. That's why you should be part of a church that teaches, you know, the, the, the undulterated word of God. That's not teaching politics. That's not twisting the word to cater to the flesh. So, so, so okay, here, so here we go. So I'm, here we go. Teaching a word just to make the black people happy. Or teaching the word to make the white people happy, or you know, Hispanic people happy. Happy. See this. See a lot of that's going on today in the modern church. We're tainting and twisting our teaching to appease the flesh. So we got to keep the, the the black people happy and the white. And that's why we still have a lot of churches segregated on Sunday mornings in America, till today. Is it? Why is it that we're still talking about the white church and the black church? See, when it's Christ's church. See, Christ sets the standard. And to see, this is what where a lot of people, you know, they don't. Yes, they said, man, who are you preacher? What are you talking about? See, they're so in tune what's happening in the natural world that, that they're mixing their spiritual walk. You know, they're trying to mix their spiritual, their fleshly walk into the things of God, and it just won't work. That kind of faith is not going to save you. See, that's a, see, because you can't have true a, a biblical faith and say you have faith and you're not accountable to the word of God. How in the world am I going to say that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I'm not accountable to his word and I, and I have my own version of Christianity? That, see, that's what James is addressing. They had the same problem back then, by the way, just like we have today. So you got a lot of people professing to know Christ. Or you're saying they are a part of the church, but, but they're really not. They're part, of a, they're part of a church, but not Christ's church. So we can see here that one of the greatest you know, conflict to our faith is our flesh. And I, and I also pointed out how, you know, in, in, uh, alone, our, 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 our natural, our touching, our seeing, our smelling, our, our natural self, our rationale, our intellect by itself is not reliable. See, a lot of people don't like to hear that, especially the high intellectuals. What are you talking about? See, that's why, I, you know, you know, these religious people, you know, I, you don't understand. I am, I'm a graduate of, you know, you know, the, the Ivy Leagues, you know, I'm, I'm smart. I'm an inventor of a thing. Well, that's, that's wonderful. But none of that is going into the, the, the new life when it's all said and done. All of the elements of the earth is passing away. It's a product of the earth. And, you know, I applaud you for, for them great accomplishment. But, but see, that's, that is not what gets someone into the kingdom. Now, that's good while we're here. We're occupying until we come. But see, that's not what gets someone into the kingdom. See, because our intellect by itself, our rationale, our senses alone are not a reliable guide by itself. And so many professing Christians rely just on their senses alone. Of this is, I'm going to do this because this is what I feel. This, you know, our, our, our feelings and our senses, you know, we, by experience, we, we try to make good decisions. But see, if we just rely on our senses alone, you know, we, we're heading down for a trap. See, the enemy is just going to trap you into that. Because look at the first man and woman. They were, they were at the beginning. Wow. They were, they, 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 they were, they were not even clothed. See, we got to close the day because, see, the, because of the absence of the, the fullness of the glory of God. See, they, they, they were so in the image and likeness of Christ that they, they, they didn't see nakedness like we saw, uh, like we look at it today. We got to close ourselves, you know, today. And so, but yet, see, with a word, they allow it to, they allow that to be taken from them. And so, so don't, don't think we're so high-minded that we're not subject to the same type of fault. We all are. And that's why, and, and God knows this, and that's why he has given us the, the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, uh, the, to help us. 
And that's why, see, then it's up to me to exercise my will to daily embrace him. If you fall in the fault, repent quickly. We know we have a loving, merciful, forgiving God. His blood is everlasting. You know, the blood of Jesus is everlasting. His blood has washed away my sins. My sins are already given and forgiven. And see, but, but, it's, but I, can't, I can't use that as an excuse to not live right. Come on, somebody say amen. Somebody help me out. So let's go back to it. Uh, are you okay out there? This, is not, this shouldn't be too heavy for you. But let's look at verse 5 again. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. See? Those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. And those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. See, there's, see the difference? The faith life is the spirit life. It's not a natural life. It's not a corner life. The faith that we have. Now, see, there's natural type of faith and believing and hoping. But I'm talking about the walk of, the, the, the walk of faith that pleases God, the kind of faith that pleases God. Verse six, to be carnally minded, it says, is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Verse seven, but the carnal mind is enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So it's telling us even right here that, see, the law of faith is only lived by the spirit, the spirit law, not the natural law. It's the spirit law. And this is, this is every day. So we're ending one year, See, we got to go. Let's be stronger in our faith. The enemy is always trying to, to take to steal my faith. He's always trying to stuff it out of me. You know, he's always trying to come at me, come at every believer. You know, I'm talking about myself. He's always trying to, you know, uh, tone me down. Uh, that's what he wants to do. The believer He wants to tone us down, make you feel uncomfortable in the world who's who, that's becoming increasingly anti-Christ to make you feel even uncomfortable to mention Jesus' name. Have you noticed that even on Christmas time that more and more uh, Christ is becoming absent even in this holiday of Christmas? Is that when you go out, it doesn't, it's almost starting to feel like not even Christmas anymore out in society. And so it's up to the believer, you know, the, the keep it alive. You know, when we, I go out, I'll just say, hey, Merry Christmas. It's almost, it's almost awkward when you say it now out in public. See why? Because the days are evil. These are perilous times. Things are getting darker, but yet things are getting lighter for the believer. Christ is coming. And that's why a true believer will say, come, Lord Jesus, come, don't delay. So it says, it says because the carnal mind, verse 7, is in enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God. See, the carnal mind, listen to that. And some Bibles will have it in bold letters. It is not subject to to the law of God, because see all the, as it says in, 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 in John, it says that love not the world, neither the things in the world, for if any person, man, woman, boy, girl, love the world, the love of the Father is not in them, for all that is in the world, the, the pride of life, the lust of lies, the pride of the flesh, it's all passing away. And see, it's all passing away. So all these things of the world, see this old nature, it's passing away. That's why it's appointed on the man wants to die. The old man, that's why we grow old and it's passing away. But see, my hope, my hope is in Jesus. My faith is in Jesus. I have a, a, new, a new life. I have eternal life. I have a new house God, that I'm looking, hallelujah, glory to God that I'm looking forward to. And, and then it says, nor indeed can be. It can't. And see, so there's, there's, we can say it this way. There are those in this world who, who, who go to church and their whole church existence 
it's from that law of the flesh. They never really, um, really pursue higher to live a life of pleasing God spiritually is they go to church and they go back to the, the ways that they were do, doing. See, that's now again, let me put my, my disclaimer in there. There's not one of us who's perfect. Uh, not one of us can live uh, the righteous life before God or walk a, live a life of faith without his help. And he knows that. We are most pitiful when it comes to this because the Bible says our flesh is weak but our spirit is willing. See, the, it, it starts there with that willingness to want to please God, and the Lord will help you please him if, if that's your pursuit. Notice what we started out in James chapter 2. Faith without works is dead. That word works carries the meaning of a labor or toil. So you must toil at God, I want to please you. It must be your passion. That's where you want to exercise your senses the desire to want to please God. And I tell you what, the Holy Spirit, his word will infuse you and cause your faith to be alive and strong where it become easy for you. See, that's where it becomes easy for you. So when we look at Jesus in the midst of the storm, he walks on water in peace. See, it becomes easy for he went to that cross with the peace of God, even though it was difficult. He cried out in the garden of Gethsemane. You know, you know, uh, and, and that with great like like great drops of blood of Lord, is there any other way? Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. See, that's where all the, the senses you're you're ruling your senses saying, God, help me walk with you. See, that's where that comes into play. And then and verse eight. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. See, we wouldn't have any hope if, if God didn't help us. He knows that that in our flesh alone, we could not please him. Even if, you know, we, we had what God I want to, but we just wouldn't be able to. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit. That's why Christ in us, the hope of glory. Now, let's look at another passage of scripture, and then I'll highlight uh, some things you can do to develop that kind of faith to please God. Some spiritually practical things you can do. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, it says that you put off concerning your former conduct. See, don't tell me that once I say, Lord, forgive me, and, and now I'm saved, what have you know how the traditional way when, when in, these, in churches today in, in America, when we give an altar call, we tell them, hey, repeat this prayer, repeat after me, and we go through this one, two, three, and they say, okay, now you're saved, and, and we rejoice, and that, you know, that's wonderful. But see, then there has to be some discipleship following up after that. See, then the one who has prayed that prayer must understand that they have to put off their former conduct. See, this whole idea today that, you know, you, you, now that you're saved, you can just still go out and, and do the things that we normally did when we were not saved. Some things that will be normally we would do, like go to work. You know, before when, when I was a sinner, I went to work and I get saved. I'm going to go back to work. You know, especially now if it's a, you know, a justifiable work, some work, you know, you, you know, if, if it's a crime or something provocative, you know, you don't want to do that work anymore. But you get the point. There has to be a former that formal conduct, as is being expressed to us as instructions of our faith life, must be put off. And it it's going to take a lifetime to do that. Putting off that formal conduct, the old man, the old person, which grows corrupt according to the seeful lust. See, that old person is, 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 is constantly growing corrupt. So what do we do with that old person? Well, I'm crucified with Christ. Yet not I who lives, but Christ who lives within me. That old man should be on the cross with Jesus. And see, and see that's the faith. By, see, we rule over that, 
and live and learn to live in the spirit. That's part of that faith walk. See, not giving into that. And that's that's that warfare. It'll take you a lifetime to to rule over that. So every day we should be progressively growing spiritually in our faith, putting off the old man because the old man is enemy to my faith life. That old man, the more, and it seems like, you know, that old man, we find out how much old man, old person, old woman, <laughs> that's still on believers or people who profess to know Christ is when politics come up. See, see this whole idea, we're seeing the viciousness with this whole concept of when, when you're talking about people in church begin to talk politics and the fights and the division that breaks out. Well, see, that's a work of the flesh. We should be on the same page uh, with things, especially when it's things concerning the truth of the word. And, 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 you know, like marriage. Why are we in the universal Christian church divided over marriage? When, see, remember, faith is accountable. Let's just take that one about an example of this. Faith is accountable to the word of God. And the word of God says marriage is between a man and a woman. So every believer should be, see, our faith should be accountable to that word. And we should uphold it as ambassador of Christ. We shouldn't even be arguing and divided over that. But why, why do we? Because it's the carnality of man. See, there's, there's some, when, when, or let's say when we uphold our flesh over the word of God, we will divide. Because the, the flesh is always enemy against God. And this is part of what it means when Jesus, when it says about Jesus that he will bring division between father and child and so on, brother and sister. Why? Because one will want to embrace to, to please God and the other will not. And that's a clash. That's a division. That's a division that will always be in this world until Jesus come back. Jesus said they hated me and they will hate you too. See, these are things we got to understand and don't think it's strange or something new or that we, 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 we allow it to affect us so that, man, you know, I just, I just don't want to be rejected. I, I want to be in with it. Well, see, you got to have to make a choice what, you know, what kind of life you're going to live, to please God or, you know, just live in the world. And you know what? You can, you can make that choice and maybe do well in the world for time and time of season. But when the end comes, we all got to give an account. And seeing there's many parables in, in the scriptures about this. The book of Revelations addressed this, that he's going to separate the wheat from the chaff, you know, the sheep from the goat. No matter what you're doing in this world, you got to make sure you stay a sheep. Come on, somebody say amen. So it says, um, verse 23, and, and, say, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Notice, see, putting off the old, the natural, and be renewed in the spirit. See, this is all, you know, uh, the, the, the spirit, faith, where our faith comes from. Where we live, see, we live, the just shall live by faith. I can say it this way, the just shall live by the spirit. <laughs> the just shall walk in the spirit. Well, see, I can say it this way, the just shall live by faith. See, it's, a, it's the same thing, because that faith walk is the spiritual walk. Not, not the natural one. See, we got to learn how the, see, the only thing natural, I'm going to say it again, the only thing natural, <laughs> that's, if you want to say, in a sense, about the kingdom things, is us coming into it. We, the natural people who, who are spiritual uh, in, in Christ, because we all of us have a spirit. We have a soul. and We live in a body. See, when someone passes, see, they leave that body. The person them leaves. And that's why they can no longer communicate with you. See, only spirits are the intellectual speaking spirits. In the beginning, see, animals don't, don't have the speaking spirit where they can talk unless God, you know, opens their mouth 
and they can talk. We, we saw an account of that in scripture where, you know, disobedient prophet and you allow the donkey to open his mouth to give him a reproof. So let's talk a little bit uh, because uh, we're going to be in here uh, short. Let's talk a little bit about uh, some things you can do to develop your your faith, the kind of faith that pleases God. And so in verse 23, it says, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind in verse 24, that you put off the new man, that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So you see there a faith that is accountable to Jesus Christ is a faith that pleases God. A faith that is accountable to his word is a faith that pleases God. It's not just a say-so kind of faith. It's not just a mental assent, something we think, something we are saying, but there is no accountability of it in our life. We don't see the evidence of our obedience to the word of God in our life. And so, so we see there in two passages of scripture in Romans 8 and Ephesians 4 where it, it addresses that, the contrast between the natural, the flesh, Versus the spirit, the faith walk is the spiritual walk. So let's look at uh, let's look at a few things here of developing the kind of faith that pleases God. In James chapter one and verse two, James chapter one and verse two, it says, "My brethren, encountered all joy when you fall in various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith, see, <laughs> the testing of my faith, you mean my faith may be tested? Yes." Our faith is tested all the time. The enemy is trying to come and mess with our faith, to weaken our faith, to steal our faith. The testing of your faith produces patience. The word patient means endurance or perseverance or steadfastness. See so many, um, you know, I've been a Christian for a good while. I've been pastoring for a good while. And I see a lot of different types of professing believers. And uh, too much, I see too much of believers uh, who lack endurance or perseverance. And the reason for that is because they're too engaged in the things of the world. Their love and maybe their concern for things in this world is, more, is much greater than their love and concern for the things of God. Notice how it said that the carnal mind set their things on those things, but the spiritual mind set their things on the things of Christ. See, so when your mind is more engaged in the elements on this world, see, then you, you live by the effects of it. So you got to learn how to make the shift. And it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Romans 12 talks about renewing our minds with the word of God, that we be able to present ourselves as a living sacrifice, you know, holy and acceptable unto God. So here it says, count it all joy that when you fall in various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith. Now, I'm not talking about things we put ourselves into, but the testing of our faith, that the trials of life produces patience. I always like to say, you know, be careful when you start asking God, Lord, give me patience, patience. Really? You want God to give you patience? <laughs> well, you, you, you better be careful. When, when, if you're going to pray that, you better know what you're asking God to do because oh, he can give you patience. But it says the testing of your faith produces patience, patience. And then it says, but let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Now, listen to that. So, one of the first things I want to point out about developing the kind of faith that pleases God is, number one, a person of faith or who's living by faith, biblical faith, always endures trials, testings, uh, and temptations in patience. This is one of the first keys that, so you, so you got to see, the, and developing the kind of faith, you know, that faith that's developing is that you're, you learn to endure trials, testings, temptations and patience. See, now when it talks about let patience again means endurance. 
see, a person of, uh, of uh, the faith that pleases God, they learn to endure when things are good and when things are not good. Sometimes things are not good because of mistakes we may have made. But see, when you have a right heart towards God and you're before God, you know, uh, exercising your senses and saying, Lord, forgive me, help me. And you're constantly dealing, as the Bible says, judge yourself that you be not judged. A person of faith will always endure trials. So if you're truly his, you will not quit. You will be there in the end. We will be standing together with the Lord Jesus Christ. So many people are quitting today because the trials of life or the cares of life comes and choke the word out of them. Notice it says that in that parable, it chokes the word out of them. Why? Because faith is accountable to that word. So they endure under trials and testings and temptations in patience. Now, the opposite of that is fretfulness. When someone is constantly being fretful, they worry a lot. They're anxious. It says be anxious for nothing. That's the exact opposite of that. They're constant. They're fearful. As soon as maybe you hear something tragic, you know, something that's tragic, and that's a natural response, and we can get very anxious. And that's when you got to begin to remember the word of the Lord. That's when you got to be, begin to, you know, uh, cry out to God. See, God knows it's a natural response to when you hear something uh, that's tragic or are devastating that we respond. But see, don't, don't let it be so, to the point uh, in, in your grief or in your sorrow or in that devastating news that it steals your faith. See, uh, the, the Holy Spirit can help you. So in that process where your, your emotions and your senses are, are popping off, that's when you just you go to God and you cry out to our merciful Father and our Lord uh, and who is gracious and, and, and kind and, and loving towards his people. And so those are the exact opposite. We've got to be anxious for nothing. We've got to learn not to be fretful and fearful and, um, and, and fussy. You know, the, you know, sometimes people, is, uh, you know, people say, why, why is it everywhere, you know, everywhere you know, they go, they're, they're fuss, you know, it's, it's fussiness or some kind of anxiety. Well, remember, if that's the case, remember, as I heard someone say, well, check up and look in the mirror because you're there. <laughs> So let's not be like that. Another exact opposite of that is rebellion. See, you see people that's in constant rebellion, you know, not, you know, rebellion to the word, especially this younger generation, this millennial, as we're calling it, this younger generation who seems to, uh, you know, love the world more than the things of God. Many of them seem to just, I'm, I only come to church because my parents, you know, make me come to church. But as soon as they turn 18 or something, they and they have, you know, they, they, as the world tells them, hey, you don't need your parents anymore. They break out and go out into the world. Well, see, a sign of a person who lacks faith, the kind of faith that pleases God, is they're in rebellion. They're in resistance to the things of God. And that's not a good thing. So we got to pray for this millennial generation, our children, and, and see if, if you still have them in your care to charge them and command of them and, you know, love them hard, uh, but yet command of him, command of them to to fear God and to trust God and to live for God. I like to say, if you show me a, a, a fearful person, a, a rebellious person, a restless person, uh, you, you show me a you know, constant, constant uh, fussy, anxious person, then I can show you, show you a faithless person. Because a, the kind of faith that pleased God is the person that's always they will always endure trials, testings, and temptation and patience. Now, that's, just, that's, one, that's one of them. Now, the second thing is, again, these are practical spiritual things of, that we have to develop 
and uh, to be, and, that, and this is the kind of things, and there are many more out there that pleases God. This is the kind of faith that pleases God. Here's the second key. A person of faith lives by wisdom. See, when someone is really living by this biblical type of faith that we, we were reading about here in, in Scripture, the just who live by faith, in James it says, faith without works is dead. Well, part of that works is that's a faith that lives by wisdom, not by, not by in essence, philosophy or you know, pure intellect. I'm smart. I'm sharp. I'm an inventor. I'm so-and-so. I, you know, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I, I can articulate. Well, that, 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 that may be a good thing, but articulation does not necessarily mean the wisdom of God. <laughs> we can look in the beginning in uh, Genesis that uh, when Cain killed his brother, it was the seed of Cain that was populating a lot during that era before the flood uh, that was innovating, you know, cr- you know, that was being very creative. This, you know, there was the, the, the residue, the spirit of God, the anointing that was that creative ability that was flowing through mankind because that's the way God made us. So just because someone is innovative and creative doesn't necessarily mean they're moving out of the wisdom of God. So we can look. So just because we see innovation today, we can't necessarily say, OK, this is the wisdom of God, because see, man can innovate. He has an intellect. I mean, I mean, his intellect can be filled with demonic wisdom. Uh, you know, uh, I like to say it this way. The intellect without the guidance of the Holy Spirit produces things like evolution. I mean, we can go to uh, countless universities where I'm talking about it costs thousands of dollars to go to these universities and get these degrees. And you get these these tenured professors up there spewing out, you know, volumes of material that they'd known they got. They won you know, uh, prizes for and, and you know, awards for. And they're spewing out information that's totally a lie <laughs> coming out of their intellect. So we got to be careful that uh, we don't we don't mistake this pure you know, intellect and things that come out of man and knowledge to be wisdom. But a person of faith will live by wisdom, the wisdom of God. Now, it says in James chapter one, verse five, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to them. Verse six, it says, but let them when they ask here, because we're talking about faith, let them ask in faith. With, with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Verse 7, for let not a man suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. So, so it tells it even here, see, there's really no excuse for me to, to, for, for life. That if I lack something, I can go to my father. I can go to my Lord and say, Lord, you know, give me understanding about this. The Bible says that wisdom is the principal thing. And in all you're getting, get understanding. See, the person of faith lives by wisdom. See, they, they, they're, they, that's where you exercise your senses. Lord, infuse my rationale. Lord, I, I don't understand what I should do. See, you can ask God, but when you ask, ask in faith and learning how to trust God in your life. So that's a key factor, the kind of faith that pleases God, living by wisdom. And then verse 8 in James chapter 1, verse 8, it says that when you ask, you know, ask in faith from verse 6, it says, but let not a man suppose that he would not receive anything from the Lord. Don't just ask and say, well, you know, what's the point? It says, because a double-minded person is unstable in all their ways. Verse 10, uh, no, Proverbs verse 8, verse 10, verse 10, go there. Proverbs verse, verse chapter 8, verse 10. Proverbs chapter 8, verse 10, go ahead and turn there. It says, receive my instructions 
and not silver, and knowledge rather than choice, choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things one may desire cannot compare with her. So as you see that, wisdom is the principal thing, and all you're getting, get understanding. And it says here in Proverbs that wisdom is better than rubies. But see, a lot of people don't see that like that. They, rubies is better than anything. I got to get the rubies. I got to get the gold. I got to get the money. And, we, and we, let, we, we spend our entire lives consuming the things when wisdom is the most valuable thing that one can possess, the wisdom of God. You know, one, just one, as, as one has said, one drop of his wisdom about a, a matter, it, it can change one entire life, not just your life, but the lives of people around you. Just one insight of, of wisdom, one word from God that you hear. Not, not just that you thought you heard or read, but I'm talking about just when you really hear that one uh, insight from God can, can be life-changing because a person of faith lives by wisdom. It's accountable to it. It lives by that instruction. And so wisdom is better. Verse 12, I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find, find out knowledge and discretion. It says the fear of the Lord, verse 13, is to hate evil and arrogance and the evil way and the perverse mouth I hate. Now see, wow. See, I'll go back to this politics thing. I'm telling you the, the perverse things that are being spoken out on what we call our network media all because they don't like a person and their skin color is different. Well, I don't like the press because it's skin color. I mean, if you're a Christian, you got to watch out that you don't have this perverse stuff coming out of your mouth. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me tell you what the word of faith, that our faith is accountable. It says that we need to obey those who, who rule over this and respect those who are in authority. You may not like them. But we have to be ambassadors of Christ and show respect and honor. It's just like a judge walking into a courtroom. All rise. Doesn't matter what that guy looks like or her, what she looks like, what color they are. They have that black robe on. And when they say all rise, you know, we better stand up and show honor. And uh, because if you don't, they put you out of that courtroom. See, the Bible commands us and tells us about how we are to behave and perform, what faith looks like, what this lifestyle looks like. And, and I'm telling you here, we got to watch out for this thing of, of a perverse mouth and says that the, the part of wisdom says that it, it's to hate evil. See, if you're going to say you're going to hate somebody, don't say, well, you hate somebody because of the color of their skin. You know, you say, I hate evil. I hate sin. You know, <laughs> I hate what God hates. I hate the devil. See, those are the times you see me use those words. It says, so the fear, verse 13, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Verse 14 Counsel is mine. This is, see, this is wisdom in the sense is giving us voice. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I am strength. So a person of faith, see, they live by wisdom. They live by understanding. They live by the strength of God. Come on, somebody say amen and shout hallelujah. And uh, let me, I'm going to read this, uh, these passages of uh, scripture out of a different translation. Starting at verse 18. For the value of wisdom is far above rubies. Nothing can be compared with it. Verse 12, wisdom and good judgment live together. So in other words, you see a person that has bad judgment all the time. Well, they lack wisdom. Wisdom and good judgment live together for wisdom knows where to discover knowledge and understand. Now, that's I don't like the way that translates. So when you see so wisdom knows where to get knowledge and to get the understanding. 
See, the Holy Spirit will lead you. That's why if any person lack wisdom, let them ask. See, God can get you. Uh, to, uh, God can breathe into you and give you the right knowledge and understanding about a matter or a thing or your life. Verse 13, if anyone respects and fears God, he will, he will hate evil. For wisdom hates pride, arrogance, corruption, deceit of every kind. So Christian, come on, my brothers and sisters, stop siding with a party and stand with Christ as an ambassador. Come on, say amen. Glory to God. James, James chapter three, verse 18. I'm sorry, James chapter three, verse 13. Let's look at that one. And uh, I'll, I'll, I'll read a couple more uh, on this point and then we'll go to the next one. I got two more for you. It says, James three and verse 13, who is wise and understanding among you? Let him or her show by good conduct that their works are done in the meekness of wisdom. You see that there? But if you, ha but if you have bitter and envying and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. Verse 15, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, central, and demonic. And, and it goes back to my point that I said earlier, uh, that, see, there's that natural stuff, there's that demonic stuff out there. So it made a contrast between demonic type of wisdom that infuses the intellect and the rationale of the person versus the heavenly type, the, the holy type that comes from Christ, that comes from our Father, uh, that infuses our intellect and our rationale. And, and both of them have a produce that spews out in the earth. And so we got, we got to make sure that we're living by the, the wisdom from above that's produced by the Spirit of God uh, in the life of the believer. If you lack it, come on, have faith and ask God to, to help you and to give it to you. Now, here's the third uh, key into being the type of believer that pleases God, uh, developing the kind of faith that, that, that pleases God. A person of faith doesn't give in to the wrong, to, to, a person of faith doesn't give in and do wrong when they are tempted. So it's a kind of faith that when they are tempted, they don't give in and do wrong. See, that's when you know that your, your faith is growing. So I'm talking about the kind of faith that pleases God, doesn't give in to the temptation, doesn't give in to the wrong. Uh, and when they're tempted, James, going back to James 1, uh, verse 12, James 1 and verse 12, it says, Blessed is the man, the woman, the person who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. Let no one say when he is tempted that I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, for God himself, as if, for God does not tempt anyone. So again, never say, when, oh, this is, this is a test of the Lord to test my faith. No, the Lord don't need to test your faith. God never tempts, tests, or tries us with evil. God is not going to put someone in a car accident to, to wake them up. You know, <laughs> God doesn't do that. So don't say that because God does not tempt others with evil. As a matter of fact, it says in verse 13, God cannot be tempted by evil. In one sense, that if you are a child of God, if, if he's tempting you like that, well, he, well, he's working against himself. And so we're going to be testing the tribe. We're going to, we have to deal with evil in the world because of, of, the, of the devil and, what's, and sin that's in the earth. But it is not God who's, who's trying us with bad stuff and tempting us. Or our faith will be tested. And God does uh, chastise his people. But he doesn't do it with, e with evil. It says, but each one is tempted. So note it tells you where, temp where the temptation a lot of times come from in verse 14. 
But when each one is tempted, he is drawn away by their own desire and enticed. So you cannot tempt me with something that's not something that's a desire of mine. Like, for instance, I know some folks that like prunes. Y'all hear my prune story. I don't like prunes. <laughs> so it's not a temptation. You can, you can sit these prunes up and sit them in front of me and say, ooh, look at prunes. I'm going to look at them like, well, help yourself. There's no temptation whatsoever. But there's that thing. What is that thing that's in all of us that can be tempting? See, that's what I'm talking about. See, that's where we will have to overcome through, through the, uh, by the Spirit of God and by our faith with the Lord's help. It's, but a person of faith won't do wrong and give in to temptation. See, they will overcome that temptation by the grace and by the power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody say amen. Here's the last key I want to give you for this morning uh, and that will help you develop the kind of faith that pleases God. Is a person of faith watches what they hear, say, and do. See, that's where you got to watch what you hear, say, and do. Don't get your information <laughs> from these so-called new media out there, where a lot of people in the church is where they get it from. So when you see them in conversation, their arguments is based upon the stuff they heard. And a lot of stuff that they're hearing is not true. And see, so you gotta speak based upon the truth, based upon the facts. And so don't just be the person that says, it's true, it's true, and you have nothing to back that up with. So if you're gonna get into a discussion on, on the matter, so get, go into that discussion with the truth and the facts. And then, you know, as, as long as the both sides of the discussion is open to what is right and true, you should end uh, on that with peace and harmony on the truth, because that's what we should be after. And if that's not the goal, then you know what? You got to move on out of that conversation or that situation. So a person of faith watches what they hear, say, or do. And James once, right there in James, a lot of our verses is coming out of James. Verse 19, so then, my beloved brethren, let every, man, let every man be a, number one, be a what? Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, a swift, swift to hear, in other words, a ready listener, but slow to speak. In other words, speak by wisdom. So a person of faith watches what they hear, say, or do. They are a ready listener, but they're slow to speak. See, they speak by wisdom, slow the wrath. They act by wisdom, slow to take offense and get angry. See, this is the kind of faith that pleased God. But so many of us are quick to speak because we want, see, that's, that's the working thing. We, we want to be, be right, but we should be a ready listener. And not all the time when you're listening and you, you're hearing some of the nonsense that's coming out of people's mouth or they're saying something that's incorrect or wrong, maybe wisdom is saying, wait, well, hang on, hang on, don't, don't, don't speak yet. Just hang on, don't speak yet, don't say anything, don't act yet, just listen. And then, you, you, and then wisdom speaks and gives you the answer, and then, but when you speak, it's powerful, it shuts it down or what have you. Or, you know, so again, a person of faith watches what they hear, say, and do. There are, there's a ready listener, they say, in other words, let every man be swift to hear, a ready listener, slow to speak, they speak by wisdom, slow to wrath, they act by wisdom. They're, they're slow to take offense or slow to get angry. It says, be angry and sin not. And verse 20, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. So our outbursts of our emotional, you know, whatever, you know, uh, anger and wrath and dissension 
it does not produce the righteousness of God. See, this is the kind of faith. See, this is that practical spiritual thing that, that pleases God. The little leaven spoils the whole lump. Jesus taught the doctrine of the little. little. It can go in, it can be a, in a good way or a bad way. We got to watch out for the little things that we allow to happen on a regular basis in our canality in our life that can wreck our faith. We got to be careful of that because we, we want to be the people uh, that we truly that living by faith daily, uh, living by faith that pleases God. Now I'm going to read uh, this particular verse. Um, uh, well, well, I'm going to read. Well, I'm going to read. Uh, now let's go before I do that because of time. I'm going to read a couple more verses here, and then uh, we, we, we'll end this up here for this morning. Um, and then you know, we'll close out in prayer. And uh, verse, let's go to uh, Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. Proverbs chapter 10. Verse 19. Don't talk so much. <laughs> now, I'm reading from a different translation because I like it this way. I, I want to say, don't talk so much. Because we just read James 1.19. Don't talk so much. You keep putting your foot in your mouth. It says, be sensible and turn off the flow. Now, this is the, the TLB version. I, I, I came across this one. I said, you know what? I'm a, this is a good one because sometimes we just talk too much. People put their foot in their mouth and they don't know how to turn off the flow. And it goes back to what James 1:19 and, and, and 20 is saying. So we got to be careful, put a, put a garb over our mouth that we don't just spew out things because you know, hey, well, they hurt my feelings. They hurt, well, they hurt my, my fleshly feelings. You know, uh, you see, we, they say, well, sticks and stones may hurt my, the sticks and stones may hurt my bones, but names, words will never hurt me. They always say, well, see, words can be hurtful. <laughs> so we got to learn how to not be reactive to the flesh because someone is saying thing that uh, may be hurtful. Well, if they're not true, we, let it be water off the duck's back. But I like the way this says, don't talk so much. Keep it says, you keep putting your foot in your mouth. Be sensible and turn off the flow. And uh, verse 20, when a good man speaks or a good person speaks, he is worth listening to, but the words of a fool are a dime a dozen. There's so much foolishness being spoken on what we, I mean, we're paying for these services and listening to this nonsense. And see, the truth of the matter is a lot of these networks, they're, they're biased. They're, they're, they're snuffing out you know, uh, you know, the Christian voice, they're, they're, they're uh, shadow banding and, you know, cut, you know, cutting, you know, cutting our, our, our services and saying, well, you violated some prop, some, some, some policy and it's because they're biased. But see, we can't, we got to be careful what we're listening to and have, have big enough and strong enough souls and hearts that we don't let it affect us this way and cause us to uh, become contrary to the word of faith. And it comes out in our fellowships where then because we're starting to hold a belief pattern or a thought pattern of the carnal world, here we are in fellowship in, in division and divided and not in faith together as a faithful people before God. So we got to be careful of that. Now, verse 27 in Proverbs chapter 17, verse 27, it says, he who has knowledge spares his word. Again, a person of faith watches and hears. Watches what they hear and say and do. So in Proverbs 17 and 20, verse 27, here's another verse. He who has knowledge spares his words and a man of understanding is calm of spirit. See, this all ties in together everything we've been looking at in the word of God this morning and these principles we've been laying out. Verse 28, even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. Wow, that's, 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 just, that's just really deep right there. Is it even a fool when he keeps his mouth 
closed and, <laughs> and don't, say, don't say and speak out of turn is even counted wise. It says when he shuts his lips, he is considered per, uh, uh, perceptive. You know, so, so hey, you know what? Let people think you're perceptive and wise. Just be silent and only speak when you have the valid thing to say or the right thing to say. Because remember what it says that uh, a wise person in James 1.19, part of being a, a, a wise person, a person of faith, is that you're you know, swift to hear, a ready listener, slow to speak. You speak by wisdom, slow to wrath. You act by wisdom. You're slow to take offense and slow to get angry. So it says, he, in verse, Proverbs chapter 16, verse 32, he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules the spirit than he who takes the city. All right, I'm going to end with this, this, this last one. That, that, was, uh, that was number three, I believe. I said that was, uh, how many did I give you so far? I think that was number three. I got one more, and I'll make this one short and brief. Here's the last one. A person of faith obeys the word. <laughs> simple said, simple, easier said and done. A person of faith obeys the word. So the last one I want to give you is that, see, if you're the, the just who live by faith, they obey the word. They live by the word. And James 1 and 21 says, therefore, lay aside all filthiness and, and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word. Why? Because if you don't lay it aside, it would hinder you from receiving the word. So this is not just some say, well, yeah, I, I know that, but you got to live by that. Doesn't matter what status you, you have in the church world. Doesn't matter how long you've been saved. You stop doing these, some of these practical things, you'll find your, your faith becoming weak, becoming, now becoming more of a natural, carnal-minded person, and losing that spiritual-mindedness about yourself. And you, the only way you can live by faith anyway is in the spirit, not in your, in your flesh. That means, so there's, there's the type of believer that's out there that, they're functioning out of their natural self as a, you know, as a professor of faith. And, 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 and the intellect, you know, some, some people's intellect is more stimulated than others. Some people's rationale and insight is more stimulated than others. And so if you're not careful, they start to account that that's the spirit of God speaking because of their intellect. Well, so you got to be careful that if what you're speaking and saying is the spirit of God does not agree with the word of God, then it is not God. It's a work of the flesh. Because we know there's a wisdom that's demonic, uh, and then there's a wisdom that comes by, uh, that comes from above. And so we got to make sure that what we're doing, what we're con uh, concluding, what we're spewing out, what we're talking about in life, you know, the things that we're doing. So all the encompass, you know, uh, who we're hanging out with, the kind of relationships we're getting in, everything we're involved in. Let's make sure that we're 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 being who we are supposed to be, not just one who's saying it. That we are a people of faith. So let me, let me finish reading a couple more verses with this in uh, response to a person of faith obeys the word of God. But be doers of the word, it says, and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if anyone who is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of a man he, he was. But he who looks into the the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not forgive, a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the, of, of the work. This one will be blessed in what he does. Now, I like, the, I like the fact you put that word work in there, the doer of the work, or we can say the doer of the word. Faith without works is dead. You know, see, the, the, the one who's accountable to the word, 
that person's life will be blessed and what they do will be blessed. And this is why I believe in, in my personal life, you know, none of us are perfect, that a lot of the great things, all the great things and good things that's happened uh, for me and my family wasn't because I was special or something. It's, it's, it's God's graciousness, God responding uh, out of his goodness in my life. And, and, see, and that, what, what does that do for the believer? It should breed in you a greater gratefulness and a greater relationship with, with, with our God and our Lord uh, out of his goodness. It says his goodness lead men, uh, leads people, leads women to, to repentance. And so uh, it says, for he who observes himself goes away and immediately forgets what kind of a man or a person they are. Verse 26, if any among you thinks he is religious, and there's a lot of people in America who think that they are religious, and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one religion is useless. And I think I see in these last days many in the universal church just like this, where it comes back to James earlier, where he's addressing that, that context. They're a person who has a say-so faith and they're deceiving their own heart because they got their own version of what Christianity is. They got their own way on how they are going to serve God. And, and they justify it some kind of way and deceive their own heart. Like, for instance, the Bible says, don't forsake the assemblies of yourself. We can't get, a, we can't get around that, that we should be always connected to one another, the believer in fellowship, and we should have a time of assembly where we come together uh, and, and our obedience to the Most High. It says in verse 27, a pure and, uh, verse 27, pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to visit the orphans, the widows, in their trouble and to keep oneself unspotted from the world. So again, my, my fellow brothers and sisters and the His Church family, you know, we gotta, gotta make sure that, you know, when we are, as we're ending this, you know, this year, going into a new year, that we gotta keep our spiritual guards up, that we don't allow ourselves to become lethargic spiritually. Uh, we don't allow ourselves to become so naturally minded and consumed with this world that we, we allow our faith to be stolen and weakened. And Jesus warned us about this in the parable of the sower. He says that some fall on stony grounds, good ground, and uh, so on and so forth. And all of them were, heard the word. All of the conditions of the heart, the, the certain conditions, how the word is, is sown and, and how the word is produced. And it was only on the, the one who heard and produced and didn't let the cares of the world choke the word out of them. It's, but all of them heard uh, the word. And so we all hear, uh, we all may profess, but we got to be like that good ground believer that produced some 30, some 60, some hundred fold. And that whole parable, see, see, see Satan, he goes after that good ground believer because what worked with the other grounds didn't work with that ground. So it's not like he stops. No, he gets prolific. He's try, he tries at every end. He, he, he tries at every angle. But thanks be to God, we have the victory through Christ and that he is defeated. So come on with me. Let's join together as we, we end this, this morning's service <laughs> uh, with prayer. Yeah, thank all of you for tuning in. Again, spread the words that if we had some of the members who did not get the feed or did not get on, make sure you reach out to them and tell them uh, to, um, they can come back and rewatch it later uh, through the ar archives. Again, if you have not uh, given your tithes and offering, uh, make sure you go and do that, whatever you are going to give. It's important. This is important. Whatever you're going to give. If you were at church today, please go online and do so. Um, we know we're getting ready to move into our new facility. 
uh, that's um, almost there. There's um, a, a, you know, a few uh, things that they're still working on getting done, um, but it's going to happen. And then be, so be on the lookout for um, uh, the more information on that when we're going to have our first service in there. So and we'll be prepared for that. So come on, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we worship and we praise you and we give you thanks. And we thank you, Lord Jesus, for your broken body and shed blood. Thank you, Father, for giving us Jesus, your only son. Thank you, Jesus, for your willingness to lay down your life for us. And yet, Lord, you allowed yourself to be broken in your submissiveness and obedience to the Father uh, out of love for us, your people. So, Lord, I take it now for granted your broken body and your shed blood. Thank you, Lord for the great promise from the Father, the Holy Spirit. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, continually to rule and to reign in our homes, our life, in our fellowship, uh, to rule and reign in our hearts. May you always be pleased to encamp around about us, to overshadow us, to fill us overflowing, ordering our steps as we yield ourselves to you. And I, I pray, Lord, for your constant help to help us as we're ending an, another year, going into a new year, Lord, that let, Lord, that our hearts stay, you know, hooked into you. That, Lord, that we don't just be a hearer of your word. That truly, Lord, it says that we are to live by faith. That, Lord, that we will just excel in our faith. A faith that pleases you. That this is that kind of faith, Lord, that moves the mountains. Not the kind of faith that just says that kind of, that say-so faith is not what moves mountains. So, Lord, that we, we live by that, that faith that pleases you and that we know it. That, Lord, in our homes... Lord, in our families and in our lives, that all things work together for your people who love you. Lord, that every uh, plan, every pursuit of the enemy that's orchestrated against your people in, in the earth, no matter where we are, no matter what country that we're in, Lord, I thank you for raising up a standard against the, the, the devil himself. And Lord, that every, these strongholds will be pulled down in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we pray for our brothers and sisters that are right now, some of them are facing uh, death. We're praying, Lord, that they turn not coward or cave in, but we thank you for your, your supernatural strength arising in them, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your angels you give in charge over them. You give charge over us to help us. Lord, that the, the testimonies that, that will go forth in these last days that will, Lord, and will encourage all of our faith and, 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 uh, and encourage our trust, to help increase our trust. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, and we worship we give you praise. We give you glory and honor. And I pray, Lord, for those who are dealing with a physical element, sickness, uh, some kind of disease, some kind of uh, ailment, Lord, in, 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 in our bodies, Lord, whether it's our joints, uh, our respiratory system, no matter what it may be, the things that may be known or unknown, I thank you, Lord God, that by your stripes we are, we are healed. And I thank you and pray, Lord, for those who may be under medical care, Lord, that the wisdom will flow through the doctors, that they're not under-diagnosing, over-diagnosing, Lord, that, the, that health and healing will manifest in our body. So I thank you for new joints and new ligaments, new, new, that, Lord, that which needs to be restored in our bodies. Lord, I thank you for it. I worship it. May we, Lord, live that, that the kind of long-lasting and pleasing life before you. And may we live strong and do well in Jesus' name. And we say, as we're dismissing here, Lord, who you are able 
to keep us from trips, slips, and falls, and present us faultless before the presence of your glory. We say with a heartfelt conviction that we walk by faith and, we not, and, and not by sight, that we walk by faith and not by sight. Well, I call you blessed. Uh, stay tuned. So hopefully we're working, then hopefully we can, you know, get everything uh, done to a level this week where we can begin having our first service. But, you know, thank God for this technology if need be. Well, we have this uh, 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 working for us uh, until we can get into our building. Um, uh, so I call you blessed and I'll be seeing you soon. God bless you.